Let's quickly pray. Let's stay standing. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that we can come to your presence and, and, and you'll be close to you. And you say as we do this, you'll come close to us. As you come close to us, God, we're trusting that you touch our life, you transform us, you'd heal us. If we have a hard heart, will you soften our hearts, God? God, uh, we submit to you now. We want to do your will. We resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray to protection around us and our children. We pray in this hedge protection you administer to us. Bring heal, freedom into our life, healing and direction. If anyone is without hope, God, will you knock on the door of their hearts so they can open up that door? Will you draw them out to yourself so they can receive you as their Savior? In Jesus' name. Everyone believe it said? Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. Good morning to everyone. I trust that you guys are well. And um, we are coming to the end of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's been an incredible week. Uh, we've seen more people um, across Monday to Friday praying and fasting than we've ever seen at Tableview, Malpas, and Camps Bay. Uh, just with all the families in the building at Tableview, Malpas, and Camps Bay, we had over 1,000 people actually at um, our prayer and fasting evenings just in one night, which, of course, we've never seen before. And I, I think, you know, I, I'm going, what's God going to do as people have surrendered, as they've prayed, they've dedicated themselves to His plan. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited for, for what's ahead to see so many people hungry for God. And um, tonight, we're actually going to end the fast, the 21 days, and, and it's a celebration and a dedication service that we do. We really dedicate um, ourselves to God's plan. You might have dedicated yourself to your plan, the front end of the year. Um, it's about taking it up a level and dedicating it to God's plan. We believe God's plan is a lot better than our plan. And as we dedicate ourselves to God's plan, um, God also can empower us um, to, to actually do what He's called us to. God won't call you to something and not give you the power to do it. So, so we're excited. And of course, God could do exceedingly abundantly above what you could hope, dream, or imagine according to His power working through us. So, so we're excited. Join us tonight. If you're coming, come early. There will be food and sale at the end of the service, uh, Mexican curry, pizzas, all different stands, and, and we will celebrate. This year, the building is going to be pumped. You, like Chris showed you the footage on Friday, it was an incredible atmosphere. So tonight's going to be a party. We're going to really enjoy it. And then, um, like the guys mentioned, Tuesday, I'd love to meet you. I'm going to be at Growth Track, 6 city. Uh, for your, your booklet and your snacks, light snacks. Um, it's from 6 City. We normally finish just after 8. You can discover um, more about the heart of our church. And then, of course, you can discover your gifts and really decide if this is a church you uh, can be planted in to reach your destiny. If you, on the back end of Growth Track, go, this isn't the church for me, um, the reason we ask you that question is that you do find a church because people need a local church to reach their destiny. And we believe that a community needs many great churches. So we don't believe that community only needs one church. No, no, we need many great churches. And we are trusting that there's a church in this community that you can be planted in that you can reach your destiny in. Um, so yeah, we've been doing our Transform series. We looked at how God's Word transforms us. God's Word's a mirror. As you read it, you can see where you are spiritually. Uh, we looked at how God, through a relationship with Him, in, you put His mercies on. It's like these sunglasses or glasses in view of God's mercy. Um, in viewing that every day, it helps you to relate to other people. Uh, maybe there's somebody you need to forgive. Um, in view of God's mercy, as you've received forgiveness, you'll find it way easier to forgive others and actually uh, grow in, in relation with God and with people. We spoke about worship. 
that, that you transformed in worship. Looked at the Psalms, it says, people who worship idols, small g gods, uh, man-made creation, they become like that thing they, they worship. So if they're worshiping a God who's got no ears or eyes, sorry, ears or eyes, I'm fast, tw 21 day of the fast, so my brain's not all there. Um, they actually start to lose their sight. And I don't know if you've stopped having vision for your life. You're actually living a bit downcast. Your, your ears, you've gone deaf to the voice of God. Uh, maybe you're worshiping an idol. You're worshiping money. You're worshiping a career, uh, material stuff. You're worshiping uh, an achievement. That's a, that's a mini God. That's a blessing. It's not a God. You know what I mean? That's an awesome blessing, terrible master. And you're becoming like that thing you worship. And we pointed out it's a heavy life to live because the idols, when you worship man-made things, you have to carry them. <laughs> but when you worship God, He's with you, He empowers you, and He can carry you. Okay. And when you worship God, you come alive. Your, your ears are open. Your eyes are open. You get the strength in the legs to, to carry the call that God's call, God, God for you. He give you the strength in the arms to, to carry the purposes He has for you. And, but your, your idols, that we, the idols we serve, have no ability to walk. They have no ability to carry. They have no ability to see, hear, talk. And, and so... Don't do that. Today, I want to talk to you about how God transforms you um, in service, in purpose, as, and in community, uh, and a church community. Romans 12, verse 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Of course, Paul's mentioning, in light of all the things I've mentioned in Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, he gets to chapter 12. He says, in light of all those things, let's get practical I want to encourage you to give yourself to God, your bodies to God, because of what all He's done, all the things I pointed out. Let them be living and holy, a living holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. He goes on to say, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but then let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has, a, um, has many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. We belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts to do certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in, the, in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. When, God, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Of course, we see Paul says, as we serve God, as we respond to His mercy, as we worship Him, with everything we have, this is worship God uh, wants to receive. Um, and then he, of course, points out, you know, as we do this, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. 
And God's, of course, going to do that through His Word, renewing your mind. He then points out that you shouldn't think too high of yourself or too low of yourself. And the way you do that is you don't think too high of yourself by realizing everyone's saved by the grace of God, that we're all in the same boat. And it's because of what Jesus did, not what you did, that, that that's the reason you're saved. So that keeps you not thinking too high of yourself. But then he says, don't think too low of yourself. God's given you a gift. He's given you a part to play in his body. And now you, of course, not only acknowledge that you've got a part to play, you start to acknowledge that everyone's got a part to play. So we don't think too high of ourselves. But we don't think too low of ourselves. We see that we saved by grace, but the same grace of God also has empowered us He's given us gifts through His Holy Spirit to play a part in His body. He says, just like a human body, every part has a special function. And so it is with Christ's body. Every part has a function. And we see here that Paul is speaking about this transformation. Of course, we're going to worship God. It's going to transform us. We're going to be in the Word. It's going to renew our minds. We're going to be transformed. We're going to have a healthy perspective. We're not too high, not too low. We're going to carry on being transformed. And that healthy perspective, we're going to start to serve His body. And God is going to carry on transforming us. Of course, God wants you to have life and life to the full. And Paul here is speaking um, in the Word, well, it is the Word of God in the Bible about practicing a life that really is life to the full. I don't know if you guys know the Dead Sea. I think most people would know it. Um, of course, the Dead Sea um, is a place that receives wa um, water, uh, but it, it doesn't give anything out. The, the Sea of Galilee, which is up north, uh, receives water. Um, it, uh, um, sorry, the Sea of Galilee, which is up north, receives water from a mountain range in Philippi. And then it flows down, um, flows to the, the, the southern, northern part of the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee freely takes in water and it freely releases the water to the southern part. And of course, this Sea of Galilee has got f ocean life. It's, it's full of life. It's receiving water from the mountains and it's flowing water out. But... The same water that flows through the Sea of Galilee goes into the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea has no life. Same water, no life. So many people are receiving the same grace of God, the same touch of God, but they're not experiencing the same life as someone else may be in your road. What's the key? Well, Paul points out that we actually belong to each other in Romans. He says that like, you've got a part to play. And even as you have a part to play, as you receive the grace of God, the best thing to do with it is to give it out. What that does is it activates the flow and the move of God in your life. But you can have a touch of God, a fresh touch, and keep it all to yourself. And maybe hope for some more and all of a sudden, you're in a stagnant place. You know, what we got taught as leaders is you always have to look out for the swamps. Um, you've got the river of God flowing through the church, and then you've always got potential swamps. People want to start a group, um, but it, 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 it actually becomes a group that's focused on receiving. And they, they, no one ends up serving from that group. And, and more people maybe join the group, but they join it to receive. And then they, they have these fresh touches and encounters with God. And all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. 
it becomes poisonous. They start fighting. They start tuning each other. And you're going, what's happening? Well, it's a swamp. There's nothing that can flow through it. It's, it's, a, it's a dead sea. And so we always encourage people, hey, that thing is going away from the river and it has no ability to get back in the river. It's a, it's a stream going out to it, so by itself and it's causing a swamp. It's a dead sea. Yes, you might say, but we have the touch of God. See, the key thing is you can have the touch of God, but are you letting what God's doing in you flow through you? Are you letting what God's doing in your life touch the life of the community, touch your workplace? And all of a sudden, they wake up and they're in the Dead Sea. God's calling us to experience life to the full. Paul points it out in Scripture when he speaks about being transformed. And the one of the ways you and I are transformed is actually being committed to a local church. Uh, what does commitment um, to a local church help us with? Well, first of all, it helps us to be biblical. Uh, being committed to a local church is actually totally biblical. There are, many scriptures in, there, there are many scriptures you can't fulfill in your life without being part of a local church. Uh, the other thing is it's countercultural. And God says, don't be, you, you can be in the world, but don't be of the world. And the way you actually live in a, in a kingdom culture that's countercultural is actually to be committed to a local church. It's also practical. The church needs people to be His hands and feet. And it's the people who are committed who end up building God's church practically throughout the earth. And it ends up passing the baton on to the next generation. When you're committed to a local church, the church actually has, um, gets some legs. It, it becomes missional. It becomes practical. And then being part of a local church actually ends up maturing you and allowing you to reach your destiny. Now, I came to this church when I was 17. Um, and then I got involved just before I turned 19. Uh, I joined the prayer team, got involved in the view group, and I was in the worship team. Um, when I was 19, Leanne was only 12 years old, my wife. Okay. I'm not talking about anything weird. <laughs> Stay focused. But I thought I'd be married when I was 25. Of course, as a youth pastor, you're in ministry. That didn't happen, so I had to just carry on. Okay, that didn't happen. I totally had it wrong. I was eating too much pizza when I came up with that dream. Anyway, I thought, you know, I'm going to have kids before I was 30. That didn't happen. 28 on a mission trip to Lesotho. I'm running part of the leadership team. Leanne's running a medical team. We've known each other forever. It's like we see each other for the first time in Lesotho. And we then, after that, hung out once or twice. First date, I thought, went terribly wrong. Now, of course, you must understand, Leanne is my boss's daughter. So after the first date, I think, it's not going to work. We're not going to do this again. I want to keep my job. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we hung out again. Um, so the first date was in a church fast. How crazy is that? 21-day fast. If you're still single, it's because you're not fasting enough. Anyway, <laughs> you can, that's for free. You can take it now. But um, we went to, um, now it's called the Daily in Malpus. Because, of course, and, and we had rooibos tea. Because we were in a Daniel fast at that point. Rooibos tea and honey. Didn't go that well. Luckily, our second date, Blue Peter, 
went really well. And then, of course, we dated, um, and, and then we got married. Now, of course, when we got married, we made a commitment to each other, and then we could enjoy all the benefits of marriage. Side note, yes, sex is for marriage. That's how God designed it. Sex outside of marriage is not godly. It doesn't honor God, and God sees it as a sin. I mention that to you just so that you stay in a place where you actually are keeping God as a, at the forefront and actually going, what honors God? Well, that honors God. And, but So when you do that, God can bless your marriage. God can be at the center of your marriage. So we, we ended up getting married and experiencing all the blessings of marriage. We're exclusive. We're committed to each other. Jesus, Scripture says about Jesus that Jesus loved the church. He died for the church. And it actually says that we, we should love our wives, husbands, like Christ loved the church. So we see here that Jesus, when he thinks of commitment, Jesus himself to the church, he sees it as marriage. Can I encourage us to also see our commitment to church as that serious? And this isn't so that you guys come here. Remember, I'm just pointing out the front end. I said, you need to find a church. I don't mind if it's not the church. I need you to find a church. Because I... Because if we somehow think we need to be the only church and speak down other churches, we, we are. We get to heaven. God's going, what did you do? What were you doing? <laughs> but, but if you are committed to the church, you get to get, experience all the benefits. God opens up the windows of heaven. He does the miraculous. He teaches you to be countercultural. He helps you mature. It's crazy. He's so good. And he does it through his church. Samuel, young, young boy, gets dropped off at the church. His mom says, I want a son. If you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. She drops him off at the church. Every year she gives him a new jacket. He works under Eli. Eli's sons were dodgy as heck. All Man United supporters in a lot of sin. <laughs> Side note, spoke at Malpas last week. Guy comes up to me. I need to tell you something. I thought he's going to say, Andre, great message. He didn't say it. I'm like, anyway, no. he says, I stopped supporting Man United. I said, really? He says, no, no. I looked, there's so many devils on their leg. I said, God is moving, bro. Anyway, so just, just ministry right there. But so actually it's working. Like them, anyway. But Samuel's in Eli's church. Now, when I read that as a young boy, you know what I picked up? That if I can be faithful to the place God's called me to. He can do great things in me even when things aren't gained that great in the church he's called me to. I'm not saying you have to stay at one church all your life. If God calls you to another, move to a new town. I'm not saying that. There are seasons we need to change. And that's the beauty of our church. We, uh, we plant churches. We are in the same as the God family. Many people move and they say, where, should, where can I get planted? I see people who move from Joburg, from the family churches. And the beauty of it is we, we, we got, we got we together and you can get planted and receive in that body again. Because that's what happens. People move, life happens. But it's more understanding the power of when you do move, of again trusting God to find that church you can be planted in. There's so much that happens through the church. 
So yes, the first reason is Jesus committed to the church and we get to follow his example. The other reason is it's countercultural. There's a phobia around commitment nowadays. People are committed to their jobs. They're not committed to their marriage. They're not committed to, uh, to, to certain friendships anymore. And how do you become countercultural? You practice a full commitment to God and the church is using to reach the world. That's how you stay countercultural. It actually goes against culture to build a value of commitment. And you go, God, you can count on me. And I believe as you do this, I will reach my destiny. Um, so many people say, oh, if you just go to that guy, then you'll receive. No, no, no. If I can be planted in my church, God will see my commitment and you'll use this place to actually help me to reach my destiny. So yes, it's, it's counter, countercultural. The other thing, the third thing is, it's practical. I mentioned it. The church does need us to be here, the hands and feet. God's got no plan B. I've seen it over and over. There are churches that are struggling because their people aren't committed. And then there are churches that are thriving because their people are committed. And, and God's not gonna, you know I mean? I, I've seen churches that are dying because of the lack of commitment. And I've seen churches that are thriving because of the commitment. And God, commitment allows the church to grow and be practical. Chris mentioned, we, we hosted 15 different prayer and worship services um, at Tableview, Malpas, and Camps Bay. That required team. Um, I, I believe it's gonna impact those communities. We prayed, we trusted God, we, we surrendered. We set aside time. And, and the church becomes practical and alive because of commitment. The other thing that happens is we end up maturing because of commitment. James 5 verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other, pray for each other, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. And it's in this place, the church, in relationship, that we mature. It's crazy. Hey, like you're, you're, um, you're in school and it's, you've got 12 years, it feels like forever when you're in school. Anyone, like when you're at school, those 12 years feel like forever. But there's so much you can do. Then you go to varsity or you, st you study after school at some other place or maybe you get a job or you, you have a gap year, but it feels so free and you're a young adult and, and then you get married and, and, and you, 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 you're experiencing all the benefits, but you've got a bit less time. And then you have kids. And then you wonder if you'll ever watch a sports game again in your life. <laughs> or just become a highlight king. And then your kids get a bit older and you have a bit more time. And you're going, I'm never going to get this back. <laughs> have you ever thought, like you're going, I better make more of this. Because like, yeah. next thing you're out the house, they don't want to hang out with you. You're like, and then they have grandkids and they all come back. Hey, let's hang out. Do you want to babysit? That's <laughs> a cycle. But the crazy thing is, the more you, you mature and you grow up, like, like God almost takes a bit of your free time and He gets you a bit more committed. He, he gets you a bit more generous. And that's the cycle of life. And, and, and you and I have been designed to be outward focused. You, you know the joke, a young boy plays PlayStation, finally sees a girl he likes. He's like about 17 He's played PlayStation all his life. He's never taken a shower for two years. He goes, shish, bro, I better take a shower. 
He finds out she likes sunsets. He finally opens the curtain once to take a photo of the sunset, sends to her, watching the sunset tonight. He's lying, he's playing PlayStation. He starts to think about her more than himself. She says she likes this music, he likes rap. He doesn't make her a rap mixtape, he makes her, well, mix, what am I saying mixtape? That's so old, sorry guys, I just apologize. Only other, like, how did I even get there? He puts a playlist together on iTunes or Spotify and he sends it to her. Flipping heck, what was I thinking? A mixtape. Guys, young people are like, what is that? And this journey, like you, you become others focused. Next thing you know, you get married, you listen to your Spotify, iTunes playlist, loving life, going on holidays where you can. Next thing you have kids, you only listen to Barney music. You don't go on holidays where there are pools anymore. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, <laughs> but it's like, the more you get others focused, you change. You go, I'm missing out on my life. No, no, you're growing. You're maturing. God's showing you what it is to be a husband to a wife. I love my, love my church. Love your wife like I love my church. And a parent to children with faults. He invites us in his journey. He says, just like me, I love my church. I want you to love your bride and love your kids, but I'd like you also to love my kingdom. It's all healthy practices, this commitment. Don't be scared of it. You were designed for it. It's actually God's pathway. In um, Colorado, they have aspen trees and they actually... The trees grow, the, the roots are entwined. And, and what they do is they share nutrients. And that's actually what God does in the church. It says we belong to each other. And so when I get nutrients, you get nutrients. And when you get nutrients, I get nutrients. And so sometimes I might have a lid on my life, but you have that lid taken off and I end up experiencing the blessing of that lid coming off your life. And sometimes I get a lid taken off my life and it comes off your life. What a blessing to be part of the local church. So, so much has happened in my life. Sorry. Because I've been here since I was 17. And there are people who've been in this church giving. I've, I've, you guys have blessed me so much. I've, I've had so much come off my life because I've been in this church. That's why when I walk in, I worship. I just come in, I go, I'm a son in this house. Can't believe you've let me be part of this. It's totally changed my life, God. I want everyone to experience this change. Listen, I don't have a lot of time, but here's some, quickly some points. You were created to serve God. God's not gonna trick you. He's say, you were created to serve me. And you're like, damn it, they tricked me. Here I go, damn it. It's actually brought you, you were born for this. You were created to serve God. So the Bible says you were created, um, God has created us for a life of good deeds, which is already prepared for us to do. Number two, you, you were saved to serve God. You aren't saved when you, because you serve. You, you were saved to serve. You, serving doesn't save you. God saved you, full stop. And now He's, he's, he's the, the Sea of Galilee. It's coming, the water's coming inside you from the mountaintop, from the, from the mountains of God. And, and if you want to experience life to the full, just let it flow through you. You were saved to serve. 
You know the anointing, the, the pots uh, in the, the widow's house, uh, the prophet said, go get as many pots and then and the oil ran until the pots were full. It's like, it's like if we create space, the oil will run. The anointing, the life will run. To create space, how do you create space? Make sure what you get, you give away. A, a, a candle doesn't lose light, lighting another candle. Like, like don't be scared of being generous. It's, it's everything you've been waiting for. Once you taste generosity and serving, and you're gonna, you're gonna start to live, you're gonna go, what? This is the life I've been looking for. Number three, you're called to serve God. And that's what you need to understand. You're called to serve God. Well, how do I serve God? Well, you, you serve God by serving people. And you can't all your life. You'll serve God by serving people. And you'll serve all kinds of people. And at this church, I, I love it. Even on Friday night, it's so multicultural. Every tribe, every tongue, every age. If you were serving our car park, you're gonna, you're gonna get to invite, greet everyone from all over. If you're serving our foyer, you're serving our kids' church, if, you, if you're serving our social justice, you're gonna get to serve people. It's like you get to touch the world at this place. Because so many of them take what's been received and they bring it to all parts of their world. But you, as you serve them, you're serving God. Of course, it's a command. Matthew 28, verse 20, verse 28. Your attitude must be like my own. This is Jesus, for I, the Messiah, did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life. And, and that's the attitude we should have. When we walk in here, I'm here to serve you, God. And of course, you're preparing for eternity. One day we're gonna stand before God. Each of us will give a personal account. God's gonna say, what did you do with what I gave you on that earth? How did you serve my church? And you're gonna give account. And so that it prepares you, serving prepares you for eternity. I always think like this, I wanna bank every year in heaven. I, I wanna bank, I think you enjoy life, no midlife crisis, if you know every year was banked in heaven. So I always think like that, At the end of the year I go, banked in heaven, ticked. I'm not, not perfect, didn't get everything right, but, but served, stayed available, part of the aspen trees, not a dead sea, served. So this year my goal for my life, I wanna serve another year. I wanna try this all my life. You might go, I wanna, I wanna do it all, no, no, I, I wanna serve this month, this, this term, and I wanna serve this year, and I'm gonna try it next year again. That's, that's my goal. Do you want to grab your miracle meal quickly? I'm going to first pray, dedicate us to the Lord as we come to the end of the 21 days and then we're going to break bread. God, even as we come to the end of this 21 day time of prayer and fasting, we dedicate ourselves to your plan. It's a greater plan, God. As we dedicate ourselves to your plan for this year, we pray that you'd pour out your Spirit. You'd empower us to do all that you've called us to. That you strengthen us, you mature us. We pray that we can bank this year in heaven for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the top peel is see-through. You can open it up. His body was broken for us. We do this in remembrance of Him on the cross for us. Thank you for your body broken for us. By your stripes, I'm healed, God. Then there's a foil 
can open up. God, your blood sacrificed, sacrifice paid for our sins. Thank you for the power of your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, amen. Um, if you need prayer, we've got men and women counselors. Yaka, can you just open that door? You'll see a door that's just open, not the door that, the one that's just open. If you need prayer, we've got men and women counselors. We'd love for you to go there and make the most of that opportunity to receive prayer. Um, if you are new, as you go out the doors, the red banner there, uh, our view group banner, you can grab your your first cappuccino. Um, and then of course, you can also go there to find out about few groups, growth track, any information you need. Tonight, it's gonna be incredible. Come early. Um, of course, we're gonna have food on sale afterwards. It's gonna be a celebration and a dedication service. Um, yeah, if you've never been to one of them, I promise you, you're gonna taste and see how good God's presence is. God bless you guys.